evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 116. Tonight we're going to have a two-for-one special. And the first topic that we'll talk about is what I shared in the announcement that we're going to talk about falling, walking, and stepping out of the fire. And then I'd like to do a ministry service announcement toward the end. So let's begin. We're going to talk about Daniel 3 and 4. Three is going to be the main topic of this evening, and four is going to be the ministry service announcement. Now, a lot of you may not recognize that in the midst of uh, what you're seeing on TV, you may have noticed with uh, President Obama's wife, Michelle, that when she had her first announcement, she wore this necklace and it had these letters. And I didn't even realize it until Faith uh, let me know that she was wearing uh, the letters V-O-T-E. And I want to make sure you all know how important it is to vote because I know a lot of times you flash through these messages, but I want to emphasize that we have an upcoming United States election, and this is just one of many that I hope that you all will avail yourself to do what is your civic duty that many people have bled and died for to make sure that we all can vote. So that is my regular announcement to make sure that we do that. So tonight, oftentimes we see these stories that we've learned about since we were in Sunday school back when we were kids. And I wanted to break down this one because repetition is important. And I have often talked about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, but I wanted to bring this teaching out tonight because a lot of us are going through some fires. Fires in our jobs, fires in our relationships, fires in our ministries, fires in our health, fires, literal fires that There are actual forest fires that people are losing their homes, people are losing their lives, and all of the things that they've known as home and what they understand for their children's, uh, what they've been through and all those things. So there's a lot of fires. So when I say fires, I'm talking about this teaching in Daniel 3, but I want you to apply it to something broader in your life that you may be going through. So as you see this teaching, I want you to keep in mind something that all of us have choices with right and wrong. Things that we know are good, things that we understand are evil. We have the right and wrong situations in any fire that's in our lives, these, these big choices, these situations. But we also have a situation where there's somebody who may be powerful, that may be over us, that may even be in a relationship where there's a dynamic that you feel like you're not in complete control of the circumstances going on in your life. And also there are some people that may be instigators, people who don't mean you well, maybe colleagues, maybe friends, maybe neighbors, maybe relatives. There are all kinds of things in your life in, in situations where it's not just the powerful people that may be over you, but also people who may be adversarial or instigators. In addition, when you actually have these good and evil or right and wrong scenarios, there are consequences. Sometimes if you do what's what's expedient or what you know to be wrong, it may have a situation where you think you're going to get out of it or you're going to make everything kind of go easy on yourself, but then you recognize that you've done wrong when it comes to the things of God. Well, there are also consequences of good and bad choices. And then the last I want you to keep in mind is your trust. I have had so many times in teaching in the last couple of years that God is always reinforcing to me that, Anita, 
many of the things that you see as the stories from the New Testament to the Old Testament are areas where we as saints of God, as Christians, are having the choices to trust or distrust, faith or lack of faith. All of it is surrounding about what do we really hold true and intimate and dear when it comes to God's word, his commands, and what he said to do and what he says he will do and how we trust it. Either we don't or we do. I mean, the reality of this. So as we start to look at what's happening in chapter 3 of Daniel, I want you to understand something. Daniel and the Hebrew boys have been taken from their homeland and they're now in the service of the king Nebuchadnezzar. And he's powerful. Anybody knows the king. He's powerful. He's used to getting his way. He's used to having whatever he sets in the in the course of you will do, you will do it. Else you're going to find yourself dead. So in this case here, we're going to start. I'm reading from the Living uh, Translation. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made this gold statue. And if you know anything about even what you learned on things about Sunday school, about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. That's one of y'all basics. That's one of my basics and our basics. We have to understand that God doesn't take second place. Nothing, nobody, he just doesn't do it. And so the Hebrews, the nation of Israel, the Jewish culture, they weren't a nation at that time, but in the sense of they were not supposed to bow and have any other God before Yahweh, before the Jehovah before God Almighty, the Father, the God of heaven. So they knew that in their core. But yet, this king, where they're living in his territory now, he is in charge. He set up this statue. And you see over and over again that he'll keep emphasizing he set it up because he wanted to be honored. He just had this scenario in chapter 2 of Daniel where there was a dream and it was talking about all these different things and gold and clay and bronze and so something in him made him want to set up this gold statue. So here's what it says in chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar, he made a gold statue, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide, and set it up on a plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent a message to all the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers of all the provinces of his empire to come to the dedication of the statue. People in power want to be puffed up. They want to be loved and adored and all these things. So he's having this celebration. When they had all arrived, everybody around there came. And they were standing before the monument. This is a big statue of Nebuchadnezzar in gold. It says here, a herald shouted out, O people of all nations and language, this is the king's command. When the band strikes up, you are to fall flat on the ground. This is a falling. You are to fall flat on the ground and worship the King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Now you have a situation where these men brought up in the way that they know that only God is to be praised are being told they have to do something. And everybody's going to see that they are around this statue and at this band's playing, they're supposed to fall down and worship. Now, you may be in a situation where your boss tells you you're supposed to do something, but you know it's against what God has taught you. But here's what happens with them. They see that they are being told the what they're supposed to do. 
And then they get to hear the consequence from the powerful people that are making this decree of if they don't do it. And it says, verse 6, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a flaming furnace. We hear it, fiery furnace. It's going to be hot. You're going to be dead. Many of us, we have a choice of right and wrong when it comes to the things of God, but immediately we're not going to be told we're going to be committed to death. We're not going to be tortured to death, but they're having this choice right thrown up in their face. So when the band began to play, everyone, whatever his nation, language, or religion, fell to the ground. Everybody around them fell to the ground. Your coworkers are falling to the ground. Your neighbors are falling to the ground. People in your household are falling to the ground to bow down to the idols of this generation now. Even people in the church, they're falling down on doing the things that they think they want to do, even though God says do it one way. But in this crowd, in verse 7, they fell to the ground and worshipped the statue. But some officials went to the king and accused, here they, these troublemakers, these instigators that you'll find in your life. They went and they accused some of the Jews of refusing to worship. There's ulterior motives, but they're going straight to the king who knows he's so puffed up. He's so puffed up that he's got a 90-foot statue and he wants everybody to worship him. And they're going to tattletale. And his side has started to kiss enough to the king. Your majesty, they said to him, you made a law that everyone must fall down and worship the gold statue when the band begins to play and that anyone who refuses will be thrown into the flaming furnace. But there are some Jews... Hey, there's a Danita, there's a Michael Watson, there's a Pam, and there's all these people. You know, they don't do like we do. They're not cussing and fussing. They're not doing all these things that we're doing in the workplace. They're not going out and, and lying and cheating and stealing and doing all this stuff like other people doing. They're doing something else. There's something unique and different. And guess what? Satan's going to call you out because he wants to make you an example. He wants to get you off the playing field. And that's exactly what these guys are going to the king to tattle. And he says, didn't you say, and that anyone who refuses will be thrown into a flaming fire furnace? But there are some Jews out there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you've put in charge. Here's the, here's the kicker. They've been put in charge of some territory. And these guys don't like it because Daniel and the three Hebrew boys are having favor with the king. They're excelling. They're making other people look less. Just like you, in your household, in your neighborhoods, in your churches, in whatever scenarios you got going, people are getting jealous of you because they're seeing that God has found favor and allowing people in your life to see that you are doing well with them but it's because of God and him allowing favor to be shown. So these guys are saying, you have put them in charge of the Babylonian affairs who have defied you, refusing to serve your gods or to worship the gold statue you set up. Kiss, kiss. Well, then powerful people who are full of themselves get upset, have temper tantrums, walk away when they don't get their way, take their ball and run away. And verse 13 says, you're going to see Nebuchadnezzar is going to be enraged. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar, in a terrible rage, ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. People give you a choice. Are you going to do what I say, or are you going to do what you, you think is right for your God? And he's going to give them that choice. And he's going to say in verse 14, is it true? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he demanded that you are refusing to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I set up, I'll give you one more chance. 
I need you to cheat on that. I need you to steal that. I need you to cuss that. I need you to do these things that are outside the will of God, but you do it because I'm powerful. You do it because I'm in charge. You do it because I signed your paycheck. You do it because I am one in charge of your daily needs and your life and death. And you have to say, no, no, you're not. God Almighty gives me my daily bread. God Almighty will make sure that I have what I need. You give me a job, but God can give me a better job. So here we go. Verse 15, I'll give you one more chance. When the music plays, if you fall down and worship the statue, all will be well. Here we got this falling down. You got the world's falling down where they want you to fall down on what you believe and what you know to be true. They want you to walk in in dishonor, disrespect of God's word, disobey. They want you to fall down. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy what he knows you know to be right and wrong. So here's Nebuchadnezzar, king, in all his power, all of his power to kill you in the flesh. He says, if you fall down and worship the statue, all will be well. That's what they tell you. That's the lie that the devil and the world will tell you. Do what we do and all will be well. Turn your head. Don't look at we've taken a little bit of this and going around the circles to do this the wrong way. All will be well. Just, just, just stay in the camp with us. That's why wide is the gate and narrow is the gate for those following Christ. But wide is this other gate. It says, but if you refuse, this is the consequence. There's a consequence if you, if you stand for what you believe and there's also a consequence if you Go and do what you know is wrong before the Lord. But if you refuse, you will be thrown into a, a flaming furnace within the hour. And what God, here we go. See, everybody that thinks they're in charge of you, just because they are your employer, just because they're in relationship with you, just because they're in the neighbor, just because they got these things that they think they, they don't ever own you. They don't ever control you. But look what he says. And what God can deliver you out of my hands then? He don't know God. He don't know the God that we serve. And some of us got to stop being so afraid to take a stand for God and trust God. But it says here, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. They, they knew who they served. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not worried about what will happen to us. The key word is worried about. A lot of us are not sleeping, hair falling out, teeth falling out, losing weight, can't sleep, can't all because we're worried about, worried about, worried about all these things. The bills are coming. The kids is messed up. Relationships going off track. Divorce being talked about. People all talking about stuff to make you fear and to worry. But these guys said something that we have to remember when we trust God. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, oh, powerful one that's in my face. We're not worried about what, you, what will happen to us. If we're thrown into the fiery furnace or the flaming furnace, that's the consequence. That's the threat. They're always threatening, throwing stuff in your face. If we're thrown into the flaming furnace, our God is able to deliver us. When you don't show the fear and the worry, the people that are putting that, that threat against you, they're like, oh, she ain't worried. Oh, he ain't worried. 
I'm threatening to do all kinds of foolishness to them. And they don't seem to be worried. Don't they know I control their destiny? Don't they know that I control their job? Don't they know I control this marriage? Don't they know I control whether they're going to have a house to live in and a car to drive? No, 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 no. You got to let them know they don't have that kind of power. They can have natural power, all they think they want, but you know who God is. Don't let them have that kind of fear over you. Don't give them that free rent in your head. You got to trust God. And he, this is what they say. Our God will be able to deliver us and he will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. Not in a kiss up way to say, we know who you are, King Nebuchadnezzar. And you threatening, you threatening, you threatening death within the hour. Ain't no week from now, it's death within the hour. But if he doesn't, this is where we got to get to. But if he doesn't, please understand, sir, they've gone from king to your majesty to sir. Because they, they, they're letting him understand that the God of heaven has the ultimate authority, ultimate power. And where he thinks he's all big and bad to kill and have his 90-foot gold statue, they're letting him stuff. But if he doesn't, please understand, sir, that even then we will never, under any circumstance, serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have erected. Drop the mic, y'all. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. Anybody with power, when you stand and stand strong in the Lord, they are going to be pissed. And he was filled with fury and his face became dark with anger at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The audacity. Who do they think they are? I'm in control. I tell you what to do. I tell everybody what to do. But here these guys, that's all they got is they're going to kill you. That's all what a lot of people throwing you. You're going to lose this. I'm going to take away this. Take their ball and let them have their ball. Let God give you a bigger ball. Let God show you some strength, some courage that you can trust and have confidence in him. And look what happens. The king, with all his power, he said he could throw him in a flaming furnace. That was true, and that's what he's going to do. And they may threaten to do some things to you because you're going to have integrity of the word of God, and you're going to live out your values and commands of God. You may have consequences, but look what happens. He commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than usual. That's how ticked off he is in his fury. Verse 20 says, and call for some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they will try to put you into bondage. That's what fear does. It's bondage. And they were binding up these three Hebrew boys. And they bound them and they threw them into the furnace. That's, what, that's why I said falling down. There's some times where the enemy will think that he's got you falling into the fire. And he is laughing in your face and, oh, you are, just, you are just messed up because I got all this power and I've got you. And what is standing on your faith and trusting God get you? I got you falling into the fire. I got you freaking out because you're falling in fire. But that's what they're wrong. These guys weren't freaking out. They already told them, we're not going to do this. Under no circumstance are we serving your God or worship being your statue. And they're falling into the furnace. That furnace that's hot seven times. It said they threw them into the fire. So they bound them tight with ropes and threw them into the furnace, fully clothed. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames leaped out and killed the soldiers as they threw them in. 
And y'all should have known something was changing because it killed the soldiers, these strong, mighty men, but didn't kill the three bound believers in the God of heaven. It jumped out. The fire of them jumped out and killed the men that were throwing the three victims of the situation. And they, they clothed and nothing's happened to them. And they got thrown out and they've fallen. It says, verse 23, so Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound into the roaring flames. Now, here's where your testimony comes. The enemy thinks their power has got you exactly where they want you to be, which is falling down because you stood your ground and they're going to let you have it. They're going to let you know who's in charge. But here's where God shows up. Verse 24, but suddenly, as he was watching, this is where God's testimony comes. Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we throw three into the furnace? Yes, they said, we did indeed, your majesty. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound. They were bound, they went down fallen, unbound. So God will come to your rescue and where they thought they bound you up, he will unbind you. He will tell you, you don't have to be in bondage because you're my child. And they were unbound, walking around. That's what they done falling down in the fire, but now they're walking around. Because who are they walking with? They're walking with the, the Christ. They're walking with Christ because Christ didn't let them go down in that fire, fall down that fire by themselves. He went with them and he's down there walking around and they are unbound. They are unharmed and unbound and they're walking around in the fire. The fire that just jumped up and killed the soldiers that were throwing them down. They're walking around and they aren't even hurt by the flames. And the fourth, this is Nebuchadnezzar's mouth telling everybody else. And the fourth looks like a God. That's Jesus down there in the fire. And that's the thing in your fiery situations of your life. You think you're by yourself. You think nobody understands. Christ is going to be right there walking with you in your fire. You're not by yourself. Don't let these people say that you're never going to have anybody on your side, that you're not going to have anything, that you could be in fear, that you're going to be all messed up. You got Jesus Christ walking in the fire with you. Don't let nobody think they have that kind of power on you, that you're not good enough that you're not worthy enough, that whatever they think they're throwing in your face, you let them know, I will not bow. I will not worship anybody but God. Here it says, verse 26, the Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the open door of the flaming furnace and yelled, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. They don't fall into the fire. They're walking around with the son of God. And now the tormentor, the powerful, so he thought, is now saying the most high God, come out, come here. So they stepped out of the fire. And guess what, guys? The Lord will allow you to step out of the fire, to be a witness to those people who threw you in the fire, who thought they had messed you up, had turned your circumstances into something that you should be crying about. God will say, no, 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 no. You're my child. 
I'm going to be walking with you in this fire because I'm going to allow you to step out of it and be a testimony to me. And that's exactly what happened. So they stepped out of the fire. Then the princesses, the governors, the captains and the counselors crowded around them and saw. See how your testimony is going to be? People are going to see the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ working in your life through the Holy Spirit that you've been praying to the Father in Jesus' name, and they're going to see your testimony. They said, and they saw that the fire hadn't touched them. Some of y'all got to stop the crying and the pity parties to understand that if you trust God, even the fire that people are throwing at you, the fiery darts of the enemy, that you're going to have a testimony. And where they thought it was going to destroy you, God is going to raise you up. And your enemies are going to say, the fire hadn't touched them. Not a hair on, of their heads was singed. The coats were unscorched. And they didn't even smell a smoke. You didn't have the evidence of the fire that the enemy was throwing. Because the Lord covered you. The Lord walked with you. The Lord allowed when you were fallen that he caught you. You're in his hands. You're all around Everything him is his hedge of protection for you. So when you're all falling apart because you just don't know how you're going to make it, trust God. Now, 28 will be the last scripture I tell you. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, this is the enemy having to testify to the goodness and, and glory of God. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for he sent his angel to deliver his trusting servants when they defied the king's commandments and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Now, I'm going to give you a twofer, as I say, and it's going to be quick. There's a lot of things going on with this election. It's not for me to tell you who to vote for, but it is important for you to vote. But I want you to see how the God of heaven, the God that we serve, for not just this election, but every election in the past and with the present and in the future, no matter whether you're from this country or other country. I want you to see what God says in his testimony through Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar has a situation where he's puffed up. He's had a, he's going to have a vision to explain to him that some things going to happen to him, but he's still full of himself. He likes to have this, this accolade. He likes to have, in a sense, like what we see today, the rallies of love. He wants to be adored as a God. But God is not sharing his throne with anybody. He's not letting anybody. It's only through God's grace and mercy and his actual divine plan that he lets any people have leadership as kings or places in the world where you're in charge. He allows it. But look what happens. Nebuchadnezzar says in verse two, he says, I want you all to know about the strange thing that the most high God did to me. He recognizes who did it to him. And even as you get ready to do these votes, whether it's now or the future, you have to understand, vote, pray and vote, but recognize that even the people, whether you're the voter or you're the person on the ballot, whether it's at the lowest level of the state house up to the White House, that God is ultimately in control of what's going to happen. But I want you to see something. He says in verse four, that I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in peace and prosperity. And then he goes on to talk about this dream. He gets the interpretation of the dream from Daniel. And Daniel's a little concerned about telling him the dream because it's not a good dream. 
But then I want you to understand that God tells him before what he does happens to say in this dream, you're going to get so full of yourself that I'm going to cut you down and I'm going to humble you. And I can tell you, and I've told people who love this president, that all of us have to be humble before the Lord. And pride cometh before a fall. And you can believe what you want to believe about who you're going to vote for, who you're not going to vote for. But all of us have to be humble enough to know that God is king of all kings, Lord of all lords. He's over our president. He's over whatever the presidents and the different titles and, and, and chairmanship and all these other countries have. God is the God of heaven and he rules all. So this last part I want to tell you as the, the icing on the cake tonight. I want you to see that what happened was the king found himself so full of himself that he was, Daniel had told him in verse 27, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, listen to me. After he told him to stop sinning. Do what you know is right. Do you understand right and wrong? Even the most powerful people have these choices of right and wrong. And Daniel said to him, he said, stop sinning. Do what you know is right. Be merciful to the poor. These people today that don't care about the poor, they want the rich to keep having more and more, don't want to share, get offended at the thought. It says, be merciful to the poor. Perhaps even yet God will spare you. Well, look what happens. Verse 28, but all these things happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He got the dream. He got the interpretation of the dream. He got the warning to do right. But it says 12 months after the dream. That's one year, guys, if y'all don't know time. Because God will tell you some something and you think, oh, that's past. Don't even worry about it. But God will tell you. And one year later, 12 months after this dream, he was strolling on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon. Sounds like somebody's on the veranda looking like all puffed up. And saying, I, by my own mighty power. Doesn't that say I alone can fix that kind of stuff? I, by my own mighty power, have built this beautiful city as my royal residence and as the capital of my empire. While he was still speaking these words, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be forced out of the palace to live with the animals in the fields and to eat the grass like the cows for seven years until you finally, this is the kicker that I want, until you finally realize that God parcels out the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he chooses. It's God's choice. Even, I used to wonder even four years ago, what was going on, God? Why? But I see how we needed to go through seeing what selfishness and how we can get so absorbed with self, 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 and what you get when you just heap all that lust on your flesh and how you get so puffed up that you are, you are, you think you're God. You think you're the chosen one. You think you've done above God and Jesus. And if people let you get away with it, it'll keep festering. But God sees and knows all. And there's consequences when you get so puffed up and I, me, and my all the time. And this is what this teaching in Daniel 4 teaches us. Now, verse 4, 34, and I'll end this. At the end of seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, even Nebuchadnezzar had to come to his senses. And we have to pray to God that others come to their senses before it's too late and people go to hell. I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. 
and my sanity returned when after he looked up to heaven and I praised and worshiped the most high God and honored him who lives forever, who rules, whose rule is everlasting, his kingdom evermore. All the people of the earth are nothing when compared to him. He does whatever he thinks best among the angels of heaven as well as here on the earth. No one can stop him or challenge him saying, what do you mean by doing these things? When my mind returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. I think we have to remember what verse 37 says at the end. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the King of heaven, the judge of all, whose every act is right and good, for he is able to take those who walk proudly and push them into the dust. Now, I don't have a campaign ad for nobody, but I will say, pride cometh before fall, and I think all of us have to recognize that we have to be prayerful because we are in the last days. And we have to vote. That's what the night was the saying. V-O-T-E. Vote. Vote early. Have a plan. But do it. Now and forevermore. We thank you for you joining in to Milkshake Monday. Lord willing, I'll see you next week. Thank you for your prayers as always. God bless you.